morning, everybody. Come on in, have a seat. My name is Danny Baker, and I get to welcome you to Woodland Life Center this morning, and we're glad that you're here to spend this time with us. Um, just a couple announcements. Friday morning, we have preschoolers open gym at 945 on Friday morning. That night, the youth will be putting on their Valentine's dinner. Um, this is a great chance for them to raise money to put towards their trips and events that they want to go and participate in. There will be childcare with pizza for those of you with young children. Um, so we hope to see you there. Reservations need to be in by this evening. Um, Brian's phone number should be coming up on the screen behind me. And the question this week that he wants you to respond to is, what are your used to's? My used to's are, I used to be a liar. I used to be an addict and an alcoholic. And then I met Christ and my life is completely different today. So the question this morning is, what are your used to's? Um, if you'd all join me in prayer. There goes that. Lord, we just ask you to fill this place with your spirit, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to an encounter with you as we worship you, as Brian brings us a message from your word. And we just ask that you would fill our hearts and our minds with the things that are of you and that everything outside of this building would be put aside and that we know that everything that we have going on is under your control and that it will work out according to your purpose. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. So uh, just a bit of a clarification um, in case this is your first time here. Uh, well, what I'd like for you to do is text me your response to that question Danny asked. And um, it, it ties into our sermon today. Uh, my promise to you is I won't read any names off. I'm just curious uh, about our, our list uh, corporately, what our used to's are as of this morning. And if you would be gracious enough to text your response to that number, um, you'll actually hear your response read off in the midst of a whole line, I hope. I'm, I'm not buzzing yet, so I'm a little concerned about that. So I'm going to ramble till I start buzzing. No, I won't do that. But you have time. There we go. Thank you. There was a buzz. Appreciate that. Um, you have plenty of time to do that. And in the meantime, I do want you to stand up, shake a few hands that are around you. There's probably somebody you haven't met near you. It would be great for you to get to know a name. And then we'll join together in worship.
Good morning. It's good to be together. It's good to take a day out of the week to not be working and to fellowship. I invite you to join us this morning in worship. Let's go.
our creator. It is you who gets us through work and school. It's you who keeps us alive. It's you who holds our families together. It's you who grants us the privilege to live in beautiful Woodland Park. It's you who paints the sky in the morning. Jesus, we are in awe of you. This morning is dedicated to you. This time is dedicated to you our sustainer, our protector, our healer, our king, and our father, Jesus. Church, I invite you just to reflect
Have you ever felt that your worship, your prayer, was futile? That God was not responding to you? He wasn't there. And we talk about all the time, God is omnipresent, always listening to us. And we say that, but I confess to you that I do not always in every moment believe that. There are times that I, I run to him and I get nothing. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. moments that the enemy bombards me with God's love is fractured. God's love is passive. It's not always there. God is playing a game with me. up an article that I found as I was reading about this. God is constantly, constantly speaking, but too often they miss out on hearing God's messages because they seek his guidance only occasionally. They seek his guidance usually when they're going through a crisis or when they're facing a major decision. And it's then, with a dire need to hear from God, that people become confused and frustrated when they don't clearly hear what they should do. God, where should I go to college? Should I drop my AP Calculus class? I'm not an adult yet, so I, my personal struggles. But... They start to wonder how to hear from God, and they are wondering why they're not. It does not have to be that way. God wants everyone to hear his messages clearly, and it is possible to do so. The key is to forget about formulas and gimmicks for hearing from God, and to focus instead on developing the kind of relationship with him that will empower you to hear God speaking regularly. Not just in the crisis. Not just when you've been betrayed or when you feel alone. Regularly. The closer you get to God, the more that you can enjoy ongoing conversations with Him. Both listening and hearing from him. And the more God will use those conversations to transform you into the person he wants you to become. It's a 
daily pursuit of his presence. It's a daily focus on your relationship with him. He is there. He has not abandoned you. Mia has not abandoned you. against the lies 
all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, the present nor the future, nor any power, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. sent his son to be the savior of the world and if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God regularly God lives in them and they in God and so we can know and we can rely on the love God has for us your love's not fractured it's not a the restless kind oh, and your love's not passive it's never disengaged can nothing can fly from your hand it hangs on every song we're going to call in his name, Church. The song says there is power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The power is not in his name alone, but it's in his presence that is invited when you speak his name. 
church, invite the presence into this room with you. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain.
relationships, Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Jesus, we ask you to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. This is the air I breathe, your presence.
today. This is your place. We are your people called by your name. And it is your name that we declare today. We cry out your name. Regardless of how wonderful our week has been or how difficult it has been, we call on you today. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that you and you alone are Lord. Yes, there, there is a practical reason for us to call on your name because we are calling on your presence. We're calling on your nearness, your strength, your grace and your mercy, your unconditional love. your sustaining power. These aspects of who you are are attached to your name. And we invite them into our reality, into our daily, into our circumstances. Ultimately, we're simply saying this, we need you. We need you. And I thank you for what you are accomplishing even in this moment. We choose to find a resting place right now in this space. Not just in this room, but in your presence, in this new, th th this reality, this awareness that, that you are here, that we matter to you, our stuff matters to you. So we draw near to you now. We open up our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you want to say to us, whatever it is that you want to accomplish in us. We park ourselves at your feet with our ears open and our eyes open and, and our hearts open to you. And it's in Jesus' mighty, mighty name we all pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. And I'd like to invite our ushers to join us as we prepare to bring our tithes and our offerings to him. Jesus, thank you for the provision that has come, and we thank you in advance for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen.
you believe that today? I want to invite you to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Gospel of John, right at the beginning of chapter 5. As we continue to seek out these encounters with Jesus and what the results of those encounters are. Right at the beginning of chapter 5 says this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. We are not told which one it is, but I remind us that there are three in particular that essentially require Jews to congregate in Jerusalem, uh, regardless of, of how many miles they must travel, they're really supposed to do this three times every year, Passover being one of them, Pentecost being one, and the festival of booths in the fall. Those three times a year, Jews from all over gather together for one of these festivals. It's likely that it's one of those three times, though we don't know which one. Anyhow, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of these festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And let's pause there for a moment. So we just kind of understand this picture. You, you've got this pool in this area in Jerusalem, and daily... The family members of these people that are in these struggles, these people that are disabled, these people that are crippled, whatever their, their issues are daily, they are led to this pool. And there's a particular reason for it that we're going to get into here in a moment. But I got I to gotta mention this, because this is one of those interesting places in Scripture if you're looking at your Bible now, or you may even notice it up here on the screen, for some reason we go straight from verse 3 to verse 5. And you may ask the obvious question, what happened to verse 4? And you'll find it at the bottom of your Bible. And there's a reason for that. In, in, in the 50s, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, and they began to dig, go, go through these ancient manuscripts, they found that there were a few verses that weren't included in these older, older manuscripts. And so some of the translations, including the New International Version, they, they will highlight that reality Verse 4 of John chapter 5 was not found in those ancient manuscripts. So they pulled it out and they put it at the bottom of the page because it, it, 
it can't be verified that it was original text according to these Dead Sea Scrolls, for instance, that were found. In my opinion, though, I, I believe that we have confirmation later on, which was found in the texts, that shows that probably what verse 4 is saying is true. So I'm going to include it in our reading today so that we understand the bigger framework that I believe we're working in here. So again, verse 3 says this, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And then verse 4 says this, And they, they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the water. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. So it creates an, a really interesting context for why these people daily were being brought to this pool. Just per chance, if the waters were stirred, whether it was an angel or not, we know that the waters were stirred. You'll see that in a couple of verses. When the waters were, were, were stirred, the first person into the pool was immediately healed of whatever their issue was. A pretty powerful reason to go to this place every day if you were one in great need like these were. Verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And then Jesus showed up on the scene. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Now look, the guy is sitting there by the pool. So immediately you might say to yourself, well, duh, of course he wants to be well. Why would he, why would he, be in this picture at all if, if it wasn't that he didn't want to get well. Of course he wants to be well. But there's a pretty legitimate reason for Jesus asking this question. Because when, when you've been in that kind of condition for that long, you, you're pretty well trained. You can, you've learned how to function in life in that condition. In fact, oftentimes the disabled made a really good living begging. And probably by now this guy had really learned how to make his own way in with this condition, with the reality of this condition. So perhaps the obvious answer isn't as obvious as we would assume. Jesus simply asks him, look, I, I know that you're here in this area. I know that you're sitting here beside this pool, and there's an apparent expectation on your part that you're trying to be the first one into the pool in case the waters are stirred. But I am going to directly ask you, do you want to be well? And his reply, sir... The invalid replied, 
I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Boy, he sounds really familiar. I mean, how many times have we had our list of reasons why things haven't been accomplished for us? I just, I just can't get in fast enough, Jesus. I don't have anyone to help me in. Somebody always beats me to it. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. The very thing the guy could not do for himself. Understand that if he had the ability to get up, he would have the ability to be getting into the pool quickly. Jesus speaks right into the issue, right into the, the struggle, directly right at it. Get up, stand up, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Inside of this colonnade, inside of this area where this healing pool existed, where all these other people are laying around, Jesus goes right to this one guy, speaks right into his issue and simply tells him, get up and walk away from this place. And he does. When Jesus shows up on the scene, things change. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, <laughs> they didn't ask him, whoa, well, now wait a second, how, how did you start? Did you get into the pool? Were you the first one in today? Good for you. They didn't say anything about the fact that the guy was walking. And I'm sure that they would have recognized this guy. Instead, they get right into their legalism. Wait a second. Bud, it's the Sabbath, and the law forbids you to carry your mat. By the way, the law doesn't actually forbid that. It's just their interpretation of what working on the Sabbath is. See, legalism can take you so far that you begin to um, move outside of logic. The guy has been healed. He's just doing what Jesus told him to do. And he's not really working. He's just departing from his place of begging. Law forbids you to carry your mat. What are you doing? And he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, 
Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? And he realized he had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Now, that, this is interesting to me, because you know that there was a crowd of people that needed to be healed that day, laying around that pool. He could have spent a little bit of time and engaging each person one at a time. He only engaged one that day. Later, when Jesus found him at the temple, he said to him, See, you are well again. Now stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jewish leaders who, that it was Jesus who had made him well. A very interesting conclusion to a very interesting story. It is made apparent to us that it was his own choices, his own doings, his own sinning that had brought him to the place of this condition, this, this forsaken reality. And it just reminds us today what we already know, that there are consequences to our choices. Right? Jesus speaks right into his condition, heals him, and then later speaks right to the heart of why the condition existed. Don't sin anymore or it may get worse the next time. Have you learned from your bad decision-making. See, you're well. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. These folks lying around this pool are not necessarily all there because of the same reasons that this guy was. And maybe, maybe Jesus going directly to this guy has something to do with changing his life, his behavioral patterns, the way he makes choices, his used to be. I want to point something out to you that may have been pretty easy to overlook, though. Verse 3 again. Back up to verse 3. Describing the pool, it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The rest of the story is in real time, and yet John says this is where they used to lie. We know that the temple was destroyed somewhere around 70 A.D. We're not quite sure when the Gospel of John was written. But as I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm digging through this. I'm, I'm realizing, okay, John has written these words well after Jesus has died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. This story has already happened in the past. John is simply reporting on this story, just as, the, as he's reporting throughout the whole gospel. And he's, he's revealing something to us with this verbiage. There is in the temple this area. You can go to it and you can see it. And back in the day, it used to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people in need. It used to be surrounded by a bunch of people who would lie there waiting for the waters to be stirred. And when that happened, they would race to be the first one into the pool to become healed. Communicating to us that that used to happen and is no longer happening now. And I'll bet my bottom dollar that it's because Jesus showed up on the scene. Jesus shows up on the scene and he changes the game. My guess is after that day, the waters stopped stirring. And the water stopped stirring because the healing doesn't come through the pool of Bethesda anymore. It's at the name of Jesus. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that every chain will be broken. That story, that's where people used to go for healing. Not anymore. I asked us earlier, kind of talked about our, our used-to-be's. What are your used-to-be's? Thank you for responding. Let me just read through some of these. Self-medicator. Liar. I used to be lost. I used to be someone who let godless people influence my choices. I used to be ashamed, guilty, worthless. I used to long for a sermon. Well, I'm hoping that that is happening for you today. I used to believe more. I used to be an addict, depressed. I used to try to impress church leaders instead of impressing God. I used to be a person of fear and anxiety. I used to be timid and living to please others. I used to be young and handsome. I promise, Nick, I won't tell anybody you said that. You're still handsome, by the way. It's a youth thing I'm not sure about. I used to be religious rather than a true Christ follower. I used to be lost and without purpose. I used to be a wild child and a, and a prodigal. 
Uh, I used to be one who ran from God. Our, our stories should be stories of used to be's. We, we should be able to tell our stories just like John does. There used to be, in my life, this. But then Jesus showed up on the scene, and it's no longer that way. The pool of Bethesda should be, should be our reality as well. Not full of excuses as to why things can't change, but embracing the reality that Jesus has come. Messiah has come. And he's come right for us. With a heart and an ability to speak directly to our situation. Whether or not it is our fault that we've find ourselves in this place. And I think it's great that in this story, it's pretty apparent that this guy's issues are because of his choices. It's really encouraging to me because it, it's, it's telling me that I haven't, I, I haven't blown it that bad, that it's not redeemable. That my choices haven't been so horrible that they, that they can't be transformed, that they can't be changed, that they can't be redeemed. That there is still hope. He is a chain breaker. I, I asked us to list off our used to be's. But I do not presume that there are not still things that need to become used to be's. I do not presume that in this room, in our lives, there are still not some things that, that need to be part of that I used to be aspect of life. And perhaps even with the current reality of, uh, of us, we can still find ourselves having the tendency to say, well, I just don't have anybody to help me in. I just can't get there fast enough. In other words, we, we might still find our list, however long it is, of reasons why our current is not a part of our used-to-be's. And yet I remind us today that Jesus has come. 
at the name of Jesus, there is power to break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And I think sometimes we just have to say that line so many times before it starts to sink in. Could that be true? Could that really be true? Could he really move me in such a way, transform me in such a way, accomplish such great purposes inside of me that my story tomorrow will be that today was a used to be? Boy, I think that sounded right as it came out. That's the kind of Jesus that we worship. That's the truth about Messiah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and get back in place because I do think closing with that song today is very appropriate. But as they're doing that, I also want to ask our prayer team to just come and and make themselves available. And maybe, maybe there is something that you need help in prayer with today. And these folks want to do that for you. I guess they're all over here. There we go. Thank you. There's a couple over here as well. They're just making themselves available to partner with you in prayer. If that's something you would need today. But sometimes we do need help into the water. Sometimes we do need a little bit of encouragement, a little extra strength to get there. Jesus is offering us living water today. Let's let's celebrate that. Let's thank him for that. It's you and Jesus time. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power
Jesus, we, <laughs> we call on your name. And we believe on your name. And we relent. We let go. We allow for your power, your presence to be released in our currents, the, the, the places in our lives that our struggles, our, our hindrances, disabilities, these areas that are, that are really hindering us from picking up our mats and walking with you, running freely with you. And so we let go. Uh, we let go of our own ideas about how to fix it, our own plans on how to fix it, our own strategies about how to overcome it. All of those things which ultimately show up as a list kind of like this paralyzed man. They, they just keep us from experiencing the healing. We're just getting in our own way. We relent from all of that. Maybe even repent from all of that. And simply embrace you words that are easily said but not easily done i'm asking holy spirit that you will give us the strength needed to do so show us holy spirit how to take those kinds of steps So that we can begin to experience broken chains in the name of Jesus. Because we just simply want to do this your way. Because our way just hasn't worked. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. Break 
you believe that, will you stand with us? We just sing that one more time. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. There is power in the name of Jesus. Perfect holiness. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. that is our new reality thank you for accomplishing this what you've accomplished so far what you're accomplishing now in the midst of our crying out to you and what will be accomplished going forward thank you for more used to be's as in Jesus name we pray May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace. Have a week full of empowerment. See you next Sunday. God bless. There's a light rising.